0: The issues discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast do not reflect the opinions of any specific agency. Any characters discussed on this show may be fictional for comedic value unless you're a shitbag Steve. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do! Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tears start at $5 and you could get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to RollCallRoom.com to pledge today. You know when there's nothing left to do but to fight? With everything you've got to get back up. There's a word for it. Resilience. And that word comes down to such a simple test. Not much involved, but in the moments that matter most, it's everything. You and a mirror looking into your own eyes and realizing there's nowhere else to go but up and being ready for what that takes. It's a single decision. The same decision you'll need to make every day. Get up, get up, get up. It's what brings people back when an injury makes it look to everyone else that all is lost, but it's not. It's what gets someone to write letter after letter after letter looking for a job because they know all they need is a start. It's what causes someone to keep moving straight forward even when the start of their journey should have knocked them off track. You and Amir, same decision every day. Because the thing is that comebacks mean the damage is already done. Comebacks only happen after things get hard. It happened and only you know how dark it gets. Resilience and grit, these aren't pretty words. They mean something much more to those who know them well. These words have scars, they symbolize the battle, but they are also the gateway to something so special. It's what it means to lose eight elections, be in bed for six months after a nervous breakdown, then to get up and do what it takes to enter the books of history. It's the power behind getting rejected twelve times before smashing almost every record and every ceiling imaginable. Resilience. That's the word left when the storms keep coming. When things go from bad to worse, every reason to stop trying. The moment we all get humbled by at some point, sometimes more than once, there are times for dreams. And sometimes there is only time for the reality of now. Picking up one foot, then the other. Starting to move forward, step by step. Tears and frustration, another step. Hurt and sadness. Another step. Shaking off what was. You just keep going. It's the light that finally breaks after the darkest of nights. In the moment that matters. You and Amir. Same decision every day. Knowing it's going to be long. Knowing there is no other way. That is... Resilience. You're
1: listening to the podcast that changed the game and rocked an entire profession. And rocked an entire profession. Talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at
0: night.
1: When others run scared and hide behind fake policies, the Roll Call Room Podcast tells it like it is
2: no bullshit. No matter how hard these Steves try, we keep killing it.
0: And now, here are your
2: hosts,
1: Nick and Mark.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roll Call Room podcast. With me is Mark the Cop, my co-host. How are you, buddy? How's everything going?
1: Everything is going fantastic. And welcome, everyone, to the Roll Call Room.
2: Yes. Yes, this is a new era, a new beginning, uh, new everything. Um, we've got so much going on in the background. Um you know, expanding the roll call room, incorporating new shows into the roll call room, mm-hmm. uh, a new media company that we'll be announcing pretty soon once we can figure everything out. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the lawyers involved. <laughs> send, yeah.
1: send lawyers, guns, and money.
2: <laughs> They're not suing departments for us. They're working on stupid shit like this. But, hey. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to have Mark uh, come on on the team. Um, I think it's 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 good. If you don't know Mark Marcus from the Shield Within, and then we also did a couple of crossover episodes, uh, off duty and on the air, which have been super super successful. Uh, yeah. And you know, Mark Mark and I we talk to each other way too early in the morning <laughs> thanks ptsd
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh you know for the longest time we've been like you know we should be recording these phone call conversations so now we are there <laughs> we go yeah exactly yeah that is kind of the joke is like are you recording this, this is good stuff
1: <laughs> uh,
2: and, so, and some great things are going on in the background like um our youtube channel so this is being Uh, broadcasted it on audio and on video, So everybody that's checking us out on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, um, you know, like, and share. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we're doing that because um, just like Mark, like I listen to a lot of different podcasts. I listen to your mom's house podcast and, and two bears, one cave and Joe Rogan and all these other ones. And I've kind of steered away from just the audio. I like to go to the video. I like to see, um, you know, see who's talking to me, um, especially like, you know, facial expressions and, and, and the passion when you're talking about something. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the stuff that we talk about is extremely passionate, especially to Mark and I. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we talk very, very real. And I think um, that upsets some folks uh, fairly recently uh, for <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get into that. And that's what this episode is about I talked to mark uh, a couple of days ago and we were like you know what are we going to do what are we going to do the first episode on and and i will tell you you know i'm seeing more and more lately about police reform police reform police reform mark. Mm-hmm.
1: well it did it, it gets down to what what are we going to reform i mean I think a lot of national stories are like, well, those guys need more training. Well, let me tell you something, folks. There's a, um, I don't want to say a fine line between reasonable training. I mean, what, what do you mean by training? And most people don't know what we're getting, you know. And, and some cops now we have online training, which is an effing joke. I can tell you that right now. It's just a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, I was a uh, patrol sergeant for nine years and there at the end of my career. And part of my duties was to make sure that my guys did their um you know their online training oh we gotta show the training hours Ah, you know but a lot of times is that police reform doesn't need to come from the guy that's pushing a cruiser around you know that guy working midnights or gal working midnights you know they're the one that uh-huh. oh, i want to go catch the bad guys it's just like me when i was a young officer you know here just point me in the direction i'll go make it happen boss and and we're my experience has been especially over the past three years is that I think the changes need to come up in the corner office. I think it's above captain and lieutenant. I think the, the person that's steering the ship um, is the person that we need to reform. And, and the biggest thing is where you and I, Nick, you know, we come to common ground. is because the number one population that's killing itself right now in the United States is law enforcement.
2: Yeah. And, I, and I'll take it a step further. I think police reform, the narrative police reform is bullshit. I think it's fucking bullshit. And I'll tell you why. Sure. Go. I agree. I agree with you 100%. When you see everybody on social media and you you see some of these safe podcasts talking about, you know, police reform, we need police reform, we need to defund the police, we need this and that. And they are two separate subjects. So oh, yeah. funding the police and police reform are two different subjects. If you try and blend them together, one, you don't know what you're talking about. And two, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> With all due respect, you're a fucking With idiot. Respect, a- <laughs> and you probably have a master's degree. Oh, no, So no. Um, it, it frustrates me because when I hear about police reform, it's always the same thing. Like you said, it's in the same sentence. It's, it's Joe Motor Cop or Joe Street Cop grinding every day every day for over 20 years that's the guy or gal that they hang their hat on for police reform Mm -hmm. and it's bullshit because i'm going to give an example of what i mean let's talk about the tennessee five for a second let's talk about what happened in, in memphis okay yes what they did was horrendous there's no justification i don't care if you know when I hear other podcasts try and justify uses of force, excessive uses of force like that, it automatically it makes my blood boil because you shouldn't be a police podcast at that point. You lose all credibility because anybody that's listening or watching this and says what they did was justifiable, you're in the wrong fucking business and you're you're the problem. Oh, you're yeah. the reason why we have the problem. But let's take those five. Idiots out of the equation. Let's start climbing up the ranks. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, and I've said this on multiple podcasts that I've been guest uh, a guest on during that entire video, I never saw a white shirt. And oh. those of you that are not in law enforcement, a white shirt typically back in the day. And there are still departments that have it. My department, my old uh, shitty department, still has a white shirt. <laughs> A white shirt is is the rank of sergeant and above, typically. yeah. And some of them, you know, it's a lieutenant and above, whatever. You're a position of management. right? I saw none of that. So then I start looking at things. And Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. When something like that happens, who's the first person who jumps on the fucking sword? Who's the sacrificial lamb in an incident like that? Oh, the officer. Well, they're, they're, Mark, they're, they're, go ahead. the chief. The chief go yeah, yes it typically they're typically going to be in the crosshairs and typically the city manager or the mayor is going to zero in on that chief and be like resignation or termination you make the decision resignation or termination but um chief davis from the memphis police department is still there yeah. she's still there and what gets even worse is is that this isn't her first dance at the rodeo with something. Like this. <laughs> yeah, when she was the police chief in Atlanta, she had a group. So the group in Memphis, they were called the um, Scorpion yeah, Unit. Yeah, like yeah, Scorpion, Scorpion, something unit. like that. First of all, whoever fucking came up with that ops plan to name that team the Scorpion? Because you go out and you sting them. That's fucking st- Like <laughs> this day and age, like. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh you know you know that operations plan got passed around like at least 15 oh, was right like, yeah we would hope anyway yeah. in my old department that would have been scrutinized and they would have been like scorpion no we need something more like you know the fucking teletubby <laughs> the goo <Google> goo dolls yeah <laughs> well, i digress so, so this chief uh chief davis she came from atlanta And she was shrouded in controversy before she even came to Memphis as the Mm -hmm. chief because she had an anti-crime unit in Atlanta called the Red Dog Unit, which Mm. is a a super aggressive uh, street crime style um, unit that had been sued multiple times for excessive use of force, violating rights, covering things up. I mean, just... To the point where it was disbanded in 2011. That's how bad it was. I mean, it, it has to be that bad for you to disband something like that. Oh yeah. And she goes over to Memphis. Scorpion unit is 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 in place, or she puts it in place. And then this incident happens with the Memphis Five, and she gets in front of, she does this press conference. She gets in front of you know 15 American flags, and she's toting. You know, this is atrocious and all this other shit, but she keeps her job. Like, so when we're talking about police reform and we're allowing somebody like her to continue to be a leader in law enforcement, to me, it, 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 it the argument collapses on itself when you're talking about police reform because Joe Street Cop has no fucking, he has nothing to do with policy right. at all. He has nothing to do with it. Um, you know, you know that I think that's what gets me is, is that we have police chiefs in place that have been passed around from department to department like a fucking peace pipe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's encouraged. It's encouraged. Well, I, I think the problem is, is that. um
1: the most time the councils don't have a clue because they're they're the guy they're your grocer or or, you know, I was a council person in a uh, small village and where I used to live. I was there for two and a half terms. And, and you know, if you're looking for a chief because we went through a chief or two um, and, and we hired from within. And I was against that, but the, the, the current candidate, you know, the mayor liked him. So you kind of had that small town, mayberry mm-hmm. feel to it. But when you're looking at a larger police department, I don't feel that the people that are hiring these folks really have a good resource for vetting a lot of these professionals because, you know, well, let's look at their resume. Oh, it looks really darn impressive. And my question is, in, in my mind, being a patrol sergeant, it's like, when the fuck did you have time to take all this schooling? I mean, who the hell's either, either you, you're super good at time management because I can tell you what, it was all I could do to go to court. You know, we work 12 hour shifts. I mean, I couldn't go sit in the classroom cause that's the type of learner I am. But so online is your only deal, but I, I guess where there's a will, there's a way at the same time, where do these people go to vet these folks? So wouldn't it be cool if there's like some type of, Association?
2: uh here we go. <laughs> uh, we're we're a, we're twelve minutes into this thing. and I'm already going to get. Wouldn't it you think that there would no. be somewhere that they could? <laughs> if there was oh. only a na- an international organization for chiefs of police, that and and I'm just going to cut right to it.
1: And <laughs> go right but, to but the, the jugular.
2: I <laughs> will with these chief of police positions is is that they go to the IACP and the IACP to me is the pimp. Wow. I don't, I go back and forth with them on Twitter and I don't give a fuck because they aren't doing anything for the line officers at all. They are not doing anything for mental health for, for law enforcement at all. They are the biggest fucking pimps out there for poor law enforcement leadership. They have no database whatsoever for poor uh, police chiefs that get passed around over and over and over again. They hold these conferences every year where they sit around and they circle jerk each other and they hand out fucking <laughs> acrylic <laughs> awards for the dumbest shit. And they pack their conferences with these fucking yellow brick pricks and what I mean by yellow brick pick, pricks is these pricks that go to the national, FBI National Academy and they get their yellow brick at the end of oh. it and they hang it up on the wall behind them. And and you could always tell how much of a dick that person is by the level of how they display their brick. If they just make <laughs> their brick. And they put it on the desk behind them. Mm-hmm. They're a, a low-level brick prick. <laughs> but I had I had this douchebag
1: prick son of a bitch at my old. Apartment. Don't sugarcoat it, Nick. Tell us how you really feel. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not
2: this motherfucker yeah. got a whole entire chapter in my first book, and oh, he's okay. He's the epitome of positional equity leader. He's mm-hmm. a scumbag. So he was a he was a lieutenant when I got uh, no he was a sergeant when I got hired he got promoted all the way up to deputy chief mm-hmm. and then the new prick chief that I got fired demoted him down to a captain and then like a little baby prick he retired mm-hmm. nobody nobody walked him out the door nobody celebrated his retirement because he was a prick he he had a reputation for being a prick and now he's over at the sheriff's department Oh, the nice. That I worked at and the the sheriff that's over there is he's another fucking knucklehead. All of his crony friends, a couple of them that I went to the academy with are all now deputy chiefs like oh, deputy yeah. sheriff.
1: That, that, that's kind of the new uh, I think yeah, that's, that's the like, new thing. That was a phase here. Yeah, uh, uh, in Ohio, is where we're not going to have captains, or
2: we're not going to have whatever. We're going to make them all deputy chiefs. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so I I see on uh, their social media, I see this prick at a community event, and he's got his two little stars on, and he's right back to being in a position of power, mm-hmm. and he is a prick. He is he <laughs> is what I call a morale cancer. He comes yeah. in and he fucking infects an entire agency. And from the folks that I talked to still at that agency, they all say the same thing. He's still a prick. So I'll go back to my brick prick
1: comment. (laughs) So is it based on this guy?
2: Yeah. So this guy, when you go in his office, when he was a deputy chief, when he had a decent size office, right. He had his brick on this mahogany stand. Oh, elevated brick. Yeah. With a case over it. Do you know how much of a cock sucking prick you have to be <laughs> to physically go on Amazon or Google and find that display?
1: Yeah. Where, where do you find mahogany brick cases at? Uh, is it one of these deals where you have the model car and you take the model car out and you put your brick that's in? That's what I think.
2: That's what You know something? See, that's the kind of prick mentality he had where he was like. I can't find a display case for a for a brick right. because no no human being with a fucking brain would display <laughs> a brick. Okay, so he probably put in there die die cast racing car display case. <laughs> Take and the I, Tucker out and and put yeah, the brick in. I could only. I wish that I wish that was a fly on the wall for the <laughs> unboxing of that package when that brick opened it up you no know, it's not even that part it's this part it's the part of and, and for people that have video you can here's his display case that he got and here's his brick and going like this wait <laughs>
1: My life is complete. And
2: then then that that prick carrying it from his home into the office and and putting it on the shelf. The sun hitting it the right way. Taking selfies with it. Yeah. these, These are the positional equity pricks that I'm talking about where. Yeah. They're, they t- they're not even taking the message from the m- amazing training that the FBI puts on for the mm-hmm. National Academy. And I'm not taking anything away from them because there's a lot of great people that come out of the National Academy, better leaders. Oh, by far. And better and leaders. But the majority of those folks, and this is no dig to the National Academy because they don't have any say in who comes over. What they do is, is they, they go to agencies and they say, this year, you Invite one of your folks from your agency to come over. Yeah, there's there's no vetting on behalf of the FBI National Academy. They leave that up to the agency. Right, and I knew on my agency, it was not based on performance. It was not based on you being a good leader it was based on a list of commanders and they slowly went down the list <laughs> you cut the balls right <laughs> and the funny thing is is that you have to you have to do physical fitness in the national academy so you yeah have to
1: yeah run. They, they run their ass off i've had several colleagues that have gone to fbi um, and yeah, matter of fact they're, if i would have stayed on the job i was that was one of my aspirations it was to go to fbi and go yeah, the process I, here in ohio i started with uh Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to derail.
2: No, no, no. You're no, you're good. And you wanted to go for the same reason that I wanted to go, which was I wanted to gain more knowledge on being a better leader. Like yes. I went to the FBI yes. leader, FBI Lita Academy, which was probably the best training I've ever gone to. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did the trilogy, I did the supervisor, the commander, and the executive level to get my to get my um my my trio. My, yeah. Because uh, at one point I wanted to be a chief. Me, me too, and I. I mean, I don't think that that's off the table right now. I, I, I just don't want to be a chief in the current climate that we're in. Because, well, Nick, I'm going to take it to task on that.
1: Go ahead. Um, and in, first of all, my opinion is Nick and I are we are really super, um like-minded on so many different ways um uh, it's kind of like finding a new friend going really you too um but you know it's
2: kind of i i use ky
1: using <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> soy based yeah, soy based so yeah anyway um but i i don't uh, I don't wash all of, uh, especially some of these associations, and, and where we pick on IACP is where I really wish there would be some type. And if there is, you know, fans, contact us um, at at our, uh, our, our, our either the website or the email that's up on the website. You know, let us know that there is this committee out there. You know, with IACP, I don't like to throw the whole batch out, but I do see a lot of times they stand around – and uh, congratulate one another and not vet one another. It's kind of like um, they're afraid to. It's like, oh, well, we know Bill's piece of shit, but mm, we don't really want to give him the duct test because that might hurt him from getting a job somewhere. And mm-hmm. when it gets down to it is that policing needs to be about the people and for the people and then also goes for our officers and and in my area and in my experience you know um growing up watching cops and and uh and and say man that's that's what i want to do man how do i do this because i went get on it mel yeah get on it mel come on gary but uh, when gary if you're listening please uh reach out because we'd love to have you on the show and interview you um answer my fucking face (laughs) (laughs) exactly nick's been stalking you relentlessly um here I'm umming again. Sorry, it's too early in the morning. I'm a more of a supporter because there's a lot of great chiefs out there, and there's a lot of great. There still is, guys. I mean, we talk about the worst. Okay, so we we I don't want to say celebrate, but I want to put a light on those nickel heads that are making your life miserable as an officer out here. Because I can tell you, until you've experienced it, good lord, yeah, it it's it it really does affect everything in your being and then you have to sit back and and hopefully you stay tuned in because we really got some good stuff coming up in some future episodes about how to i wouldn't necessarily say combat but how to take care of yourself once you find that the this prick in the corner office with the brick under a glass is put a crosshairs on the back of officer whoever how do you survive that because you you do have the the rights and and protections that's built in for everybody through your union through your rights as a citizen etc but i don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet but the whole oh, oh it's coming want, oh yeah it's coming and we're also going to have some resources on the website which is kind of like the new beginning of the roll call room uh, but those guys the, the, the bad ones is the ones we're talking about, and it's those ones that are exceptionally bad. And Nick had said in an earlier episode, you can watch these guys migrate around the nation and the suicides at those. This is what gets me is the suicide rates go up at those agencies, and it's just appalling. It, it, it makes me want to vomit. It's like, why are these people being hired? Why aren't they... Why don't they have a red asterisk next to their name somewhere? And why don't you guys pick another career? You know, yeah. for those of us, Nick, you were a road sergeant, right? Yeah. And then oh, you, yeah. Then you, you know, your, your path was, and your passion was let's get out and reach the community. And I love the way you said, you know, whenever there's a problem with the community, they start writing checks out of your department, you know, and, and what that means is, is, you know, how do we go out and, and how do we fix this? And here, Sergeant, uh, you. Go go do something to fix this. Well, they had no idea what what they did in in community uh, relations, but it's a very important part of our of our policing role. And me as a supervisor, you take care of your people, and when you have yeah. these agencies that are absolutely policy first and i have a uh, a, a joke um on a uh, morale patch on the side of my training helmet that talks about you know uh, a accomplishment made by how many policies you have named after you now i wasn't a rogue but i challenged management mm-hmm. and and you should challenge and and keep those people well, this is a great idea. Well, do you want my opinion? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it to you. No, it sucks. And that's probably my downfall because I was very direct. And, and I've been told, a little direct there, Mark. You need to kind of soften the blow. Well, I was a midnight sergeant. So that, that just kind of came yeah. out of my yeah. my being, you know. Yeah. But my point is, is that the bad chiefs out there, we need to get them out of the system, gang. The good yeah. chiefs, we need to celebrate. And the good chiefs, I really hope you guys have a mentoring program because I think we've lost that as an industry. We've lost the mentoring. We've lost the people to look up to. And what's really cut us in half, I think, right now is the fact that so many of us, these old bastards like me, with 30 years on, you know, bounced. You know, we got out. And now you've got two-year officers on the road training the next officer. Yeah. What, do you, what are they being taught? What's the what examples are you using?
2: Well, and and you touched on quite a few things, so much so that I had to write it on my Alzheimer's paper. <laughs> um, on a I,
1: roll, on a roll. <laughs> yeah.
2: well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to that IACP only because okay. I, I, I just love picking on them because they're easy to pick on. Yeah, they're an easy target. I would respect them so much more if they did. One of one or multiple of a few things that I'm about to suggest, and and those that are, are of you that are the project managers that are listening to this from IACP because I know you are, sure. Um, because I've tagged them multiple times in Twitter, I've <laughs> called them out multiple times, and they get pissed off. And I really don't fucking care. Um, do 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 one or a couple of these, okay? One, bring back credibility to your organization by inviting folks like. Mark and me and Scott Medlin and all these other folks to go speak at your conventions. And you won't do that because you don't want us talking to to police leaders and telling them that the majority of them are a bag of shit. <laughs> and, and you don't want that. You don't want somebody like me to get up on a stage of 300 people and say officers are eating their guns because of all of you. It's not the job. It's not this fucked up shit that we see. It's not the relentless monogamous fucking calls for service over and over. It's not the countless hours of overtime to make a living. It is your poor leadership. If you did that, I would respect you. But instead, what you do is you have these speakers come, these keynote speakers that are safe. They're safe. Yeah, yeah. They need your business. They are. They are hookers to your pimping they need you to buy their product business going over and over and over. They are former law enforcement, but they've been put in a box where they're confined and restricted on what they can say, because if they say anything out of turn for you, you'll cancel them. You won't invite them back. You won't endorse them for other speaking engagements. And it's a perpetual prostitution, because what happens is, is And I'm just going to make somebody's name up. Steve. We're (laughs) going to bring him back. New listeners, you'll discover who Steve is. Steve (laughs) is a bag that does nothing. So that's why his name is Steve. So Steve... You invite Steve to come up there and he does this this fantastic speech, this rah, rah, rah speech. Everybody stands up at the end. They all clap. And Uh-oh. at the end, they circle jerk them, They blow him, They do all this shit and, and they buy his book or, 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 or manual or whatever the fuck he has. Right. And then what happens is, is all these pieces of shit chiefs of police, they go up to Steve and they say, hey, I would love to have you come to my agency in Colorado. And another one goes, oh, I'd mm-hmm. love to have you ohio and talk to my officers and then it's a networking thing and now steve's got 11 months worth of speaking engagements lined up because he's safe because the chiefs that are the problem in law enforcement know that steve is the go-to guy when morale is low mm-hmm. i can bring him in mm-hmm. and he's gonna make my f- troops feel better but he's not going to, he's not going to go against the grain and he's not right. going to turn on and turn it on me that I'm a shitty leader and my fellow commanders are shitty leaders. So it's a perpetual fucking prostitution. That's what it
1: is. Well, Nick, I, I think that, um, most, uh, and, and, I'm going to take it to task. And, and that's one thing that we agreed about here is, and we're going to be real with you. Um, I think that a lot of leadership out there the good ones um listen to their troops and there's some leadership that i've been around i come out of the car business and there's a, a, a local uh major dealership here in my area and when that guy goes to his dealerships to visit and make sure things running right he doesn't start with the general manager he starts out in the back with the wash rack guy that's the right way to do it yeah and he he makes this, the general manager the last person this guy talks to Mm-hmm. And he gets he gets the view from the bottom up. So I always recognized that in my leadership ability. And and I was the only sergeant at my agency that asked. And you know, because we got to do, we talked about uh, the the joke of the eval, right? Um, which will probably come up in another episode because I really want to revisit that because that was so much fun. But um, I always gave my people a peer review before mine, and um. Here guys, I and it was one, two, or three. But I told him I can't fix me if I don't know what the problem is. So I'm I'm confident enough in my abilities to know that, well, you know, you really pissed me off here, Sarge. Okay, well that's one incident. Did I consistently piss you off? Is there something that I consistently do? You know, I want to know what that is so I can fix it, so I can evolve and I can develop as as a leader, not as a manager. And in my state, you can learn through the local academy, or not the local academy, state academy, about how being a manager, but there isn't a lot of leadership training because our, our local chiefs of police association has a pretty hard lockdown on that. Which isn't bad. I mean, the product that I went to, which is Police Executive Leadership College, I thoroughly enjoyed, and I wanted to go to the next level. But then I had to kind of balance myself. Um, I wanted to go, we have a, kind of like a miniature, um, it's called Public Safety Leadership Academy, PSLA, that Ohio State Patrol puts on. I wanted to go to that one. And my chief went, <laughs> you know, this is by the patrol, not OACP. And I'm like, Bro, you know, my eventual goal is Pelk, uh, PSLA, and then I want to go to FBI I, I and want, Egg. I want a big broad spectrum. I just don't want to have, and, and where I'm going with this is that hive mentality. And what I mean by hive mentality is that you'll find some really great chiefs or leaders, sheriffs that are innovators, and it's only one. Yeah. And that innovative guy, everyone starts copying them, which I feel is the problem within the industry. So if we're going to start in, in this, I'm going to get into a. now. We'll hold up for another show. What I was going to say was unified policing, which is what they're doing out West. But I think we need to save that for another day. Be that innovator. I know if there's some good ideas out there, don't just, I'm going to white your name out and put our name in because there really isn't any copywriting, which is fine. So if you got something good, but the problem is what if it's an idea that everybody thinks is awesome? but it's really shitty. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, there's and, where the problems come in. And,
2: and I see it. I see it now. Like my old agency that I came from, uh, I ended as a community policing sergeant. And so my whole job was to come up with crazy, innovative things to engage the community. Yeah. And I would come up with stuff like I would call, um, uh, the person who was in charge of the police foundation, who basically fundraised mm-hmm. money for, for the community policing unit, which later she cooperated with the investigation. The me removed. That's a whole other story. He's
1: coming in.
2: He's stupid enough to believe a fucking I.I. you know, but anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and so I, I would come up with these crazy ideas. Like I, I, I I like so crazy that I took like one idea was is I took my my suburban that I had mm-hmm. and I turned it into a gaming truck. Oh, cool! So Best Buy bought a flat screen TV, a gaming unit, a, a fucking sound bar. I'd roll up into the hood and we play Madden for four hours. No oh, fun. Yeah, it was freaking great. So now my old agency is having shootings. Just like everywhere across the United States, they're having shootings every, like every couple of days, over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And over. What do we do? And so now all they're doing is cookouts.
1: <laughs> I was going to say pizza party, but here we go. Wait,
2: <laughs> okay, This is a T-shirt that's coming. Uh, <laughs> cookouts fix crime, like pizza party cr- fix morale. <laughs> like, Listen, you could barbecue, you could barbecue all the hot dogs and hamburgers in the fucking world. Yeah. But if the people in the community see you placating them, and that's what I see a lot, not just from my former agency. My former agency does it to, to the fucking empty degree. Like they do these Coffee with Cops events. It's so fucking phony because what they're doing, and it's obvious, is they're scared because the community is outraged. Because the community that the the agency that I used to work at is super fucking liberal. They hate guns. They hate the cops. You know the, the whole fucking nine yards. But now because guns are fly, the bullets are flying back and mm-hmm. forth. Now they're they're pounding on the door, and the police chief that's there now that shouldn't be the police chief. He's not qualified to pol- be the police chief. And the re- only reason why he is the police chief is he meets the demographic of what they need.
1: Right. So let me, let, me, let me jump in there, and I, mean, I don't want to slow your roll, but it's funny how these guys live the definition of insanity.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, you, yeah,
1: you, yeah. you put a person in there that's horribly incompetent, but they hit all the check boxes. Why, we, why do we have crime in the community? I think the best, the, the best example is what Rudy Giuliani did for the city of New York back in the 90s. It's the broken window theories. You know, the yeah. guy that's spitting on windshields or jumping to turnstiles. No, that's the guy doing the big crime. Yep. It's only less than one percent of the population
2: where we have problems. Go arrest so, those guys. It's a deter. It's a deterrent, which is as if if I see if I'm a shit bag and I see that I'm going to get locked up, not a ticket, right. locked up, yeah, for graffiti or open container, then I know that the cops are going to take more serious crime seriously. Like, and that's the problem with law. Like, that's the problem with crime yeah. and uh law and order today is is that there are no consequences
1: absolutely not it's because they're like it's the the and they used to give you shit all the time for your unit it's the hug a thug no the hug a thug well, is right now what's going on with our prosecutors and the hug a thug is what's going on with society right now so i can tell you where i live at is very conservative well, right and and, and and it's hard for me to wrap my mind around now my daughter lives out west she lives in a suburb of Portland. And I run, go out there and I run my big mouth. And she's like, Dad, I'm telling you, you're going to get confronted. I'm like, I'm afraid of these fucking people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different breed out but, well, there. Well, right. But they, where you were talking about the mentality of people that think that your police should be defunded. Now, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. You spend a lot of money to sleep safe in your bed at night. We've done this over the years, and you know, we really had uh, kind of a wild, wild west in the 70s. For those of us that were old enough to live through that, now I was just a boy then, but you know, there were over 200 cops shot and killed every year because the violence was horrible. Uh, the, the, the civil unrest was taking place. So let me tell you something. The people that were out there throwing Molotov cocktails and bricks then are the people that are in, in your schools and in your colleges right now pushing that same mindset onto your kids all right so your police are necessary and that's a job that i wanted to do no one recruited me to be the police i wanted to do that job so you need to take care of and it's always in the not my neighborhood mentality you know when you start having those problems here then who are they calling nick calling us to call the police go go get this guy out of here well you know i could take him to jail but in my world we didn't have a jail to take anybody to covid shut things down staffing issues you know we were at a point where unless it was a domestic violence or a felony of the third degree or higher you didn't go to jail yeah we had to take him to time out that was fun <laughs> and and the citizens were like what do you mean you don't have a jail we didn't have a jail what do you want him, what do you want me to do with this guy? I, I can't take him anywhere. You know, so if we had a person with uh, warrants out of another county. Guess what? We drove him to that county and met up with that officer. <laughs> Here, yeah. take this motherfucker so I can get him out of my hair. Um, sorry, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, we need our cops and we need our street guys. And we need someone to get out there and, and find that blue line. I mean, right now it is back to the blue line between anarchy and peace. And, and the blue line is getting thinner because we got some folks that want us out. And the joke was, well, you know, you got a problem, call a fucking crackhead. Well, here's where I don't want this nation turning to is a nation without laws. And the problem is right now is we're not having a lot of law enforcement. And I can tell you right now as a as a motorist, it's almost the wild, wild west out there on the roads because you're seeing all kinds of crazy driving. That just, just wouldn't happen two years ago. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Go ahead
2: yeah and, and you're right on the money with that and you you know i think i think where my frustration is, is i built my whole career around community policing so when i see like my old agency dusting off ideas that i came up with and bastardizing them mm.
1: and <laughs> well you, you shouldn't be upset over that nick Honestly, well, I mean, I mean, sergeant to sergeant, you should be really proud that your legacy continues on. And and I and I know what you're going through because I'm going through the same thing with my former agency is the things that we established and built. And they're begrudgingly are like, mm,
2: God, damn, well, that worked. It, it, it is. <laughs> it is kind of funny because um, when I see on Twitter and Facebook, I see these pricks uh, that were involved in my investigation. Mm hmm. Uh, at coffee with cops and and barbecue events and i'm like hold up a second you're the asshole that in the hallway was making fun of these community policing events and calling these citizens morons
1: don't you love when the chickens come home to roost (laughs) like
2: if i didn't if i didn't have a life and a a (laughs) job i would go to one of these events and be like hold up didn't you turn around in a meeting, say that that citizens are really stupid <laughs> Yeah, a, a hot dog and they forget crime? Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it's just, it's so fucking funny, man. It's funny to me. And, and I guess where I'm going with this to kind of bring it to a full circle about police reform. And this is not going to be just the first episode talking about it. because mm. it's, just, it's so large that you can't sum it up in an, in, in a, one
1: episode oh yeah we could talk for days we could do we could devote a whole month of weekly episodes to this topic and still not hit all the bases
2: I, I, and and i don't mean to but i do mean to pick on the, the the memphis chief because she's the epitome of what aggravates me and what'll happen is is that iacp you have your conference coming up at the late later end of the year she'll be there she'll be there mm-hmm. all of her friends will be surrounding her oh, you did such a good job navigating through this fucking horrible situation. How'd you do it? Instead of looking at her and being like, how'd you get it to that point? How did you let it get to that point? And I would respect the IACP if they turn around and they did this. And and I don't mean to cut you off No, it's all right. I I would respect them if they turn around and they did this. Before their conference, they ask every one of the chiefs of police specific specific statistics from their agency what's your suicide rate what's your attrition rate what's your what's your turnover rate what's this rate take those statistics and break these chiefs down into groups and have focused groups at your convention to train these chiefs to address those deficiencies instead of breaking them off into groups and circle jerking <laughs> See,
1: I was like, get the I was, I was totally into it. And you're like, and jerk them off. I'm
2: like, okay, <laughs> he got me, fucker. <laughs> what, if, what if I arrive? Like, what if I'm a struggling chief, yeah. and I arrive at the convention, and mm-hmm. they say, here, uh Chief Mark, here's your agenda for the for the conference. Right. What's this uh, What's this thing right here? Oh, this is a mandatory seminar for you to go to because your your um, suicide rate is above the national average. What do you mean mandatory? Uh, you need to go to this. Yeah. And then when you walk in there, there's Dickhead Nick and Mark <laughs> on, on stage. And we're the ones that have the... Con- and listen, this is by no means for you, IACP, to reach out and, and sign us up for speaking engagement. I don't give a fuck who you invite. Right. You do me but stop inviting safe fucks stop inv- inviting people that are codependent on your fuckery stop
1: just stop nick, nick do you think that they would entertain a, a membership from us you know i want to join them we, we should join I we, we should go we should join icp and go to go to the convention
2: With with like
1: Chief Dickhead on my shirt.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to give them one fucking red cent because they're already ripping off. They're already like I want to see their books of what they're intaking a year and what they're putting out. Other than these conferences, other than their social media posts, and I watch their stuff. I look at their training that they give their their chiefs. It is training. yeah, it is so weak. It's so fucking weak. But all you have to do is just address one issue at a time. Just address the the mental health crisis. Just just yeah. address that. Then when you address that, then start talking about uh, 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 turnover. Mm-hmm. Because Turnover is not, you know, I, I got hired and then I figured out this po- police job really isn't for me. No, turnover 90% of the time and I'd fair to say it's even more than that mm-hmm. is people are leaving law enforcement because of poor law enforcement leadership. I get a phone call from people at least once a week oh, God, asking to, yes. to, to, Hey, is my company hiring? I want to get the fuck out. And it's yeah. the same thing. And we're losing great, great fucking people, man.
1: Well, we, with my agency, um, I was just made aware yesterday that another officer is leaving, Uh, It's been a steady stream because my agency, people used to never leave, ever. And uh, I was very blessed that uh, 22 years ago that they had a couple of retirements, and that's the only way you ever had an opening in my agency. And the reason why is because Tom Davidson, God rest his soul, was a strong leader and a big advocate for all of his officers. Now, that was good, and sometimes that was bad because – He gave grace where grace wasn't earned and respect. You know what I mean? So the problem officer tended to stay there. But anyway, um, this officer left or is leaving, I guess, yesterday or today's their last day as we record this. And what I'm being told is that the current chief has never acknowledged them, has never said, hey, man, best of luck in your future. Because they're leaving the job and going to another career because they can't I'm assuming they can't stand it there, and and, and he, the that guy is the type of guy that only speaks when spoken to, and like walk through the uh, what we used to call the road room where everybody did the reports. He would never say a word, just walk through unless they spoke to him first. He'd never sit down because my old boss used to sit down. Hey man, how you doing today? Sit down with his coffee, just take a minute to chat and get him leave. That's being officer first. Now another thing I wanted to touch on was that I have a lot of friends that are chiefs. And I got to be honest with you, brother, sometimes you make me cringe (laughs) because I don't like the broad brush, but that's all right. That's our dynamic of our relationship. But I have a lot of friends that are chiefs and I respect the fuck out of them. So I want to end this or kind of wrap this up with the people that are involved in these chiefs of police associations are generally chiefs of smaller agencies okay, or really large agencies who the people that have the time to put into that. So what do you get with that work product? You get a sub rate work product because my one friend that was the chief of a, a large agency in the south end of Montgomery County said this to me. He says, Mark, I don't have time for this fucking shit. They're always asking for people to fill board memberships and either you really good with your time management where some of them are, okay, or you just don't – you're not busy enough. He said, I don't have time for that shit. He said, I get out and I work with my men. This guy, you know, he would jump at He would hear, hear a traffic stop and roll up with his officers. You know, he was in, obviously in an unmarked with lights in it. But that's the type of guy he was. You know, show up on midnight shift. Guys, you are doing all right? Or, you know, he'd be out somewhere and slide through and talk to the – the evening watch guys but those are the guys that are connected to their department and in my world you know a large agency here where i'm at is 90 officers you know the dayton police department's well over 250 but we're the biggest in the area you know now i realize lapd hollywood division is 250 officers <laughs> alone you know so yeah that's my perspective on the world but where i'm making that is that some of these associations you don't have the cream the cream doesn't rise to the top you got yeah. just a, a, a an office filler. So to give them, I don't want to say a break. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we don't have the best people in those positions. And that's where, you know, if you are that good chief and that leader, man, we, we need you. Really, the industry needs you.
2: Yeah. And, are- and, and, and and I'll say this is I, I know a lot of really good chiefs. The problem is, is that they get lumped in just like all law enforcement is bad. But the problem is, is the difference is, is that the majority of officers out there are are ninety nine point nine percent of them are good.
1: Yes, it's, it's yes. Answer.
2: But as far as chiefs, ninety nine percent of the chiefs out there are not doing what they should be doing. And that's taking good care of their people. And by taking good care of their people, if you go to manscaped.com and use the code roll call room, you get 20 percent off.
1: That's, that's the best care you, care, care you can take for yourself right,
2: right now man if you want to take good care of your people <laughs> and buy people
1: <laughs> i mean you should buy it for your lieutenant for the next time you go up for uh, the sergeant's exam
2: listen <laughs> if you want to buy a fantastic gift for one of your commanders yeah Manscaped.com manscaped.com
1: promo code roll call room 20 percent off do it
2: today it's our major major sponsor but <laughs> Man, that was <laughs> i will say this you know we're gonna we're gonna wrap this episode <laughs> i hope that everybody got something out of this and if you didn't get anything out of it rewind it and watch listen to it again or watch it again on youtube because uh what we're talking about is real concrete stuff this ain't This ain't a safe podcast. This isn't something where, you know, we're going to hold punches. Uh, And and that's always been the RCR way since since day one, since we started this thing. Um, But what I'm excited about is I'm excited to have Mark come on. No, it's
1: a pleasure Uh, to be here. It's an honor to be here, really, uh, to to give the message out there. Because I can tell you guys, uh, I was that midnight sergeant sitting around frustrated. I found this podcast, and I'm like, "Holy cow! These guys really connect with me." And you know, you're not alone out there. You're you're not alone. We talk to people across the nation that uh, are are feeling the same burn. Uh, it's like you know, you're 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 wanting to go out and be the police and and take care of the bad guys, and that's exactly the environment we need to be cultivating. Cultivating that back again finding that good balance. Now, we don't want you crazy out there like the Memphis Five beating the shit out of people. But you need to do your job. You need to be safe. And most importantly, you need to go home safe to your family. And the best thing is we need to keep you mentally alive and and aware. And boys and girls, it all starts with sleep. So get your good night's sleep
2: and rest. Yeah.
1: Go ahead, sir. Uh,
2: A couple of shameless plugs before we come off. If you go on rollcallroom.com, uh, the homepage there. Click on Patreon. We are really, really pushing Patreon because uh, we do want to expand the stuff. We've got some things that we're trying to work on in the background, and that requires funding. Uh, I'm not above begging, uh, but you, know, you don't just—it's <laughs> like money. being a contract
1: negotiator again, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, you know, you don't just give money and then that's it. We've we've made some really great tiers for oh, yeah. you to contribute. Um, we have autographed posters uh, in every one of the tiers. So now, no matter how much you, you put in as, in Patreon, you get in one of those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, free copies of, of all of my books and stuff like that and and, and cool resources and things. So please go on Patreon. Check us out. You can uh, go on RollCallRoom.com. Right on the homepage says Patreon. Just click that. Also, for our YouTube video people, our website is uh, right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, promo code for Manscape is right up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you need to get a hold of us or you'd like to be a future guest on the show, you can reach me at Nick at RollCallRoom.com. Or you can reach Mark. Yes. At... Mark, mark with a M- c
1: m-a-r-c at M-A-R-C, roll call com. yeah m-a-r-c
2: yeah roll call room. don't be don't be that fucking person who says m-a-r-k, M-A-R-K.
1: <laughs> well you know to be honest with you, my dad hated me so he's like you know this boy he's gonna spell both names his entire life <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so uh with that folks uh i hope you enjoyed this episode uh don't forget to check out our our, our partners um Uh, And we got future announcements about that. The Shield Within, uh, Spinning Our Gears, uh, Badge to the Bone, uh, Two Fired Cops. I mean, we got all these different places that we're slowly incorporating into the conglomerate that we'll announce later on Um, and uh, be safe to each other. Mark, what do you got, bud?
1: Officers, you out there and you're listening, please. Uh, there, there is resources out there, and, and what Nick and I have talked about, and it's some future things that's coming along, especially with the media co- company that we've uh, put together, um, resources for you, resources for you to protect yourself and to take care of yourself. You know, um, there, there is the your population, and I know. The loud voices is what you tend to hear, and we tend to focus on that 1% of the negativity of our job. But remember, you know, your, your silent majority wants you, they need you, and, and they appreciate you. I can tell you in my world, I couldn't go out to a restaurant and eat without having my meal picked up for me. And I think the majority of cops that I talk to across my state and the tri-state area all feel the same thing. You're needed, you're wanted, and, we, and you're valued. Most importantly, and the reason why we decided to partner with this show, and I'm, I'm honored to be here, is to get that message out to remind everyone that you are valued and you are appreciated, even though the knucklehead maybe in your command staff so isn't, isn't showing appreciation. But be safe, take care of yourself.
2: And uh, last piece of advice is um, make sure you use some sort of lubricant when you're in your uh, commander's office. Don't go raw.
1: Yes, yes. And Manscaped first.
2: (laughs) Manscaped.com. Go roll call room room and get 20% off. So, all right, folks, be safe and uh, we'll see you on the next one.
0: Law enforcement suicides are at an all-time high right now.